I think I think we need like a tagline for our listeners. Like our fans? Fan base. Like to call them like a nickname or something? Yeah. Like like uh you say stay weird America. So are they weirdos? Bizarros. <laughs> Bizarros. Bizarros. <laughs> They're all Italian. It's oh Italian. <laughs> I was going like Spanish, but sure, Italian. Bizarro. I guess it depends on how you hold your hands. <laughs> Yeah, if you, you know, clasping your fingertips together and shaking them in front of your mouth. It's it's an Italian. It's it's a (laughs) Pizarro. I was going to ask you, do I remember that you have been to San Francisco before? I have. And you've been to Alcatraz before, right? Um... So, <laughs> I went with my dad in elementary school on a trip, and surprise, my dad didn't make reservations for us to go on to Alcatraz. That's what it was. So, we drove around it on a boat tour. <laughs> <laughs> Got to see it from afar. A little bit closer than from mainland San Francisco, but still not on it. Okay, good. So, today's episode, you don't know a, a bunch about Alcatraz because you never made it to Alcatraz. <laughs> no. <laughs> So good. All, all I know is that my dad had this awesome purple sweatshirt that he wore, and it is in like all the pictures. So what year was this? Was it like a cool nineties yeah, purple 90, sweatshirt? Ninety eight. Nice. Yeah. Welcome to America the Bazaar. I'm your host, Jordan Roush. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roush. And we this is a weekly podcast where we deep dive into all the weird stories that made America into the beautiful, bizarre country that she is today. Absolutely. <laughs> in 1775, a Spanish explorer named Juan Manuel de Ayala. Ayala? Ayala? Yeah, Ayala. Ayala. Shout out to Ayala. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this. But, you you uh, know an Ayala? I do know an Ayala. What? Um, so this guy was mapping and charting San Francisco Bay back in the late 1770s, he identified three islands in the bay and named one of the islands La Isla de los Alcatraces, Hmm. which translates to the Island of Gannets, which gannets are like a big seabird, which there's not gannets there. So people believe that it could also be translated to the Island of Pelicans Ah. uh, because the archaic Spanish word for Alcatraz uh, means pelican, or like the old meaning of alcatraces doesn't mean mm. gannets; it means pelicans. Ah, so that's what they think it. He probably was trying, was to, get trying after. to say. Yeah. There's a lot of pelicans on this plate yeah. on this yeah. island. So, like its name suggests, the island was home to a large population of seabirds. The use of Alcatraz Island by indigenous people is not clear due to the oral history of the tribes there being greatly reduced following European contact. <laughs> I wonder why. That seems to happen a lot. It is believed that Alcatraz was used by the tribes to banish and isolate tribal members that had violated tribal law. (laughs) Yeah, so basically it was kind of used as a prison by the tribes there that like, you did something bad, go live on this rock. Okay, I was on social media today, (laughs) or maybe it was yesterday, and there was a quote from... um, 
a native hawk or red feather, something of a similar. It was like, you know, all this other stuff about like how before we had money, we helped people, we helped all our, our neighbors, we gave them a teepee if they didn't have a teepee, we gave them a horse if they didn't have a horse, and we didn't have gel, we didn't have a, a jail because. <laughs> They did not have jails. They had rocky islands <laughs> so, in the middle of the San Francisco Bay. <laughs> potato, tomato. I mean, it depends on your tribe, too. Not sure. everybody had a sure. rocky island to sure. send all your yeah, you're in misbehaving. The mid- you're in the Midwest or, or the Rocky Mountains of Idaho. You don't really have an island. Sure. And sometimes I think the tribes also just made you leave <laughs> if you were that bad. Just banish. Just get yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. So the Alcatraz Island was also used by the tribes as an area for gathering bird eggs and various sea life. The first recorded European descended owner of Alcatraz Island is Julian Workman. Workman was given the island by the government of Mexico with the agreement that he would build a lighthouse on it. Instead of building a lighthouse, Workman almost immediately gave the title to his son-in-law, Francis P. Temple. In 1846, John C. Fremont was the United States appointed governor of California, and he bought Alcatraz Island from Temple for $5,000 in the name of the United States government. The United States government then rejected this purchase that had been made in its name and court-martialed Fremont on the charge that he didn't have the authority to make the purchase, <laughs> along with other charges. But they're like, we don't want this island. How dare you spend our money to buy it? But then in 1850, President Fillmore declared that the U.S. government didn't need to purchase Alcatraz from anyone since the U.S. had acquired California from Mexico following the Mexican-American War. Basically, we don't have to buy it from anybody. We just, we just we just own it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Ah, uh, yes. The American way. Yes. We're not going to pay you for it. It's just ours. It's ours now. <laughs> Mine. Mine? Mine? Uh, <laughs> President Fillmore declared that Alcatraz be set aside for military use. In 1853, the United States Army Corps of Engineers began to build a fort on the island named Fort Alcatraz and finished in 1858 when 200 soldiers came to occupy the island. When the Civil War broke out in 1861, there were around 100 cannons mounted around the perimeter of the island. It was also used as a firearms arsenal and a lighthouse was finally built on the island. Yay! How many years later? Uh, let's see, this was 1860, and the first guy was supposed to build it in... 17. I didn't write it down. Before 1846, so it's been at least at least 20 years. Yeah. A couple decades have passed. Yeah. Uh, because the don't I- worry, Mexico, you're getting your lighthouse. <laughs> well, it's not, but they don't own California anymore. True. So. But, I mean, you know... Lighthouse is a sensible item to request on an island. Sure, sure. (laughs) Because the island was isolated from the mainland by the cold, strong waters of the San Francisco Bay, the military also used Alcatraz as a prison for Civil War prisoners of war. It was assumed that any prisoners that tried to escape would never survive the swim back to the mainland. Starting in 1863, when Lincoln suspended the writ of habeas corpus, habeas corpus means... That if you're arrested, you have to, you are allowed to go before a court 
and the public official that arrested you has to show valid reason and probable cause for arresting you. Mm -hmm. When Lincoln suspended that, that means that they could just arrest you and they didn't, you didn't have due process basically. Hmm. So I'm taking con law next semester. So (laughs) we might have an update to this podcast next semester after I get to the writ of habeas corpus. If I, what I just said was not true at all. So, because of this, Confederate sympathizers accused of treason were imprisoned on the island. Mm. The U.S. military began to switch the focus of Alcatraz from a coastal military defense to a detention center. In 1867, an actual jailhouse was built to hold prisoners. The prisoners had previously been kept in the basement of the guardhouse. (laughs) Well, I would imagine there's this... I'm sure it was really nice. Tons of flooding... And mold. Yeah, it couldn't have been great. (laughs) In the 1870s, 19 men from the Hopi tribe were sent to Alcatraz when they refused to send their children to boarding schools, where they would be assimilated into white American culture. The the prison population at Alcatraz continued to grow during the Spanish-American War, growing from 26 inmates to over 450. And after the 1906 San Francisco earthquake, Civilian prisoners were transferred from the mainland to Alcatraz for safety. So they're just piling prisoners onto this small island. island. I mean, it's not huge. What's no. the what's the acreage? Uh, I have it written further down. Probably. Oh, 16 acres. Which is? Oh, you want me to do more math than that? Yeah, what does a 16 acres look like? <laughs> In a picture for me. I don't know. Is that like you could fit three houses on it, or oh no, you could fit way more houses on sixteen acres. Yeah, but then it's also really rocky, right? Or is that like? And no, acres? it's super rocky. That sixteen acres of usable land. Oh my gosh! Give me a picture here. Oh my gosh! Get out of here. Okay, I'm not dealing with this. Okay, sixteen acres. It's rocky. So that's a decent size. Yeah, but still, you start just putting prisoners. They don't have the facilities for prisoners. And it's really rocky. Yeah, and so there's not... From my recollection. So there's not that much usable land either. Yeah. So you're kind of just like, as a prisoner, you're probably just like trying to find a place to sit all the time. Right. I don't know how they fit so many people there. Acres, well, like, I'm just saying, like, for the uh, buildings that they had built at the um, time. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't sleeping inside, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um. So then, eventually, a huge main cell block began to be built on the island in 1909. And when it was done in 1912, it was the largest reinforced concrete building in the world. Say what? The block had... Modern history, uh, modern marvel. Yeah. <laughs> the block had 600 cells a hospital, and a mess hall along with various other prison buildings. Wow. It was huge. Yeah, it's massive. On October 12, 1933, the Army relinquished Alcatraz to the U.S. Justice Department that wanted to use Alcatraz as a federal prison. So instead of going, so it switched from a military prison to just a federal prison. Prisoners that would be held at Alcatraz would be prisoners that were constantly... The army was like, you know what? We've got a better place to stick our prisoners. Kansas. 
You know what's it's worse? Better than a, it's better than an island. You know what's worse than a rocky <laughs> island? Kansas. You can have it. The <laughs> Department of Justice. Yeah. Prisoners that were uh, sent to Alcatraz were prisoners that were constantly causing trouble at other federal prison- prisons across the nation. The first batch of federal prisoners was a group made up of mostly notorious bank robbers and murderers. During the first three decades as a federal prison, Alcatraz held some of the most infamous criminals in American history, including Al Capone, George Machine Gun Kelly, and Alvin Creepy Carpus Karpowitz. During the time that it was open, a total of 36 prisoners made 14 escape attempts from Alcatraz. 23 of those men were caught alive, 6 were shot and killed, 2 drowned, and 5 are listed as missing or presumed drowned. Wow. So there's at least 5 that we don't know if they made it or not. Yeah. For sure. That's crazy. The most violent of these escape attempts is known as the Battle of Alcatraz. Starting on May 2nd, 1946, six prisoners overpowered prison officers and took over their weapons. However, they still needed a key to the yard door of the prison so they could make their way to the island's dock, using the hostage officers as cover until they made their way to San Francisco. They finally found the key on one of the captive officers, but the door lock had jammed after trying too many wrong keys, and the prisoners were trapped in the cell house. The prisoners decided to shoot their way out instead and began to fire at officers in the nearby watchtowers. This caused the alarm to be raised, and the prison officers, not taken hostage, began to fire back. The prisoners ended up killing two correctional officers and injured 18 others. The Marines were then called in, and they ended the whole thing. Three of... We we do what we do good. We kill. Three of the six inmates were killed in the Battle of Alcatraz, and the three others received received a trial, two of whom received the death, penal- the death penalty. Which was a hanging, right? Probably back then. Yeah. Or firing squad, or... Yeah, I think Alcatraz had a hanging. I don't... Like gallows? Yeah. Well, yeah. Something like that? Not really the gallows. Like, <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a big wooden table with a... Trapdoor. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Because of the prison's location on the island, all food and supplies had to be shipped in, which meant that the operating costs for Alcatraz were much higher than other federal prisons at the time. It cost about $10 a day to house a prisoner on Alcatraz versus $3 a day at a facility in Atlanta. So way more expensive. Yeah, three times the cost. Yeah. Some of the buildings were also starting to crumble to the, due to the prolonged exposure of the salty sea air, and there were concerns of the high amount of sewage being released into the San Francisco Bay from the prison. Hmm. They didn't have pipes to get it to the <laughs> San Francisco, so they just released it all into the bay. Yeah. Because of the high costs and the high need of repairs, Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy ordered Al ordered the Alcatraz Penitentiary to close on March 21, 1963, and the United States Penitentiary in Marion, Illinois, was opened as a replacement. Hmm. On March, they went with Illinois, which is pretty close to Kansas. Not Kansas. But it's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the military had already claimed Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> 
On March 8, 1964, a small group of Sioux led a demonstration on Alcatraz by occupying the island for four hours. Alan Cotier acted as a spokesman for the group and stated that the demonstration was peaceful and in accordance with Sioux treaty rights. The demonstrators publicly offered the federal government the same amount of money for the land that the government had initially offered them. 47 cents per acre, which equaled about $9.40 for the entire island, or just $5.64 for the 12 actual usable acres, and they would allow the government to continue using the Coast Guard lighthouse that was located on the island. The protesters were threatened with being charged with felonies, so they left, but it caused increased media attention for indigenous people's protests. On October 10, 1969, a fire destroyed the San Francisco Indian Center. This was devastating to the indigenous people in San Francisco because the center helped provide jobs, health care, legal help, and social events. Sure. So a community center. Right. On November 9, 1969, Adam Fortunate Eagle led a group of Native American student leaders and activists from University of California, Berkeley, to symbolically occupy Alcatraz. It was planned that five boats would take about 75 indigenous people over to Alcatraz, but none of the boats showed up. So, yeah, they just didn't show up. The boats didn't? Yeah. Also, like, the students are, like, waiting there. They're just waiting for their boats, and the boats just never showed up. So Adam Fortunate Eagle convinced the owner of a three-masted yacht to let them jump on and pass by the island. He was like, hey, you're sailing that way? We need to go that way. And the guy was cool about the on. When the yacht got close to Alcatraz, I think the guy was like, so I'm not going, (laughs) I'm not docking Alcatraz. So five of the men jumped overboard and swam to the island. And then they claimed the island by right of discovery, which is what European monarchs would use to legitimize the colonization of lands outside of Europe. (laughs) So, yeah, these five guys were like, hey, we found this island. It's ours now. Dibs. (laughs) Dibs. The Coast Guard quickly removed the men, but the larger group then made it to the island later that day, and 14 total stayed overnight. Right before the group left the next day, Richard Oakes delivered a proclamation that had been written by Adam Fortunate Eagle that was addressed to the General Services Administration, again claiming the island by right of discovery. On November 20, 1969, 89 indigenous people that included students, married couples, and six children landed on Alcatraz despite an attempt by the Coast Guard to block them from the island. At first, the Coast Guard's blockade blocked all but 14 of the protesters. And when those protesters made it to the island, there was only one guard on the island. And he sent out the radio message, Mayday, Mayday, the Indians have landed. <laughs> My God. Go. I kind of feel bad for that one guy that was left off. Well, he's like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you want me to do? Like, Yeah, am I supposed to stop them? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm what guy? Yeah. One of the kids that came to Alcatraz that day that day with his parents was actor Benjamin Bratt. Do you know who that is? No. He is the love interest of Sandra Bullock in Miss Congeniality, my favorite oh, sick day movie. Yes. <laughs> He's that FBI guy. Yeah. Yeah. 
He was one of them? He was a kid that landed on Alcatraz with his parents. That's so badass. Yeah. The group claimed the island as their own under the Treaty of Fort Laramie in 1868, which states that retired, abandoned, and unused federal lands were open to claims by certain Native Americans. So not only do they claim it by right of discovery, they're also using United States' own treaty. Of abandonment. Yeah. Since they only left one guy there, they're like, we get him out of here. (laughs) It's it's abandoned. (laughs) Well, since the prison had been shut down, Alcatraz Island was now unused federal land. Ah, nice. The group then issued the Alcatraz Proclamation. The proclamation reads, Proclamation to the Great White Father and all his people. We, the Native Americans, reclaim the land known as Alcatraz Island in the name of all American Indians by right of discovery. We wish to be fair and honorable in our dealings with the Caucasian inhabitants of this land and hereby offer the following treaty. We will purchase said Alcatraz Island for $24 in glass beads and red cloth, a precedent set by the white man's purchase of a similar island about 300 years ago. We're talking about Manhattan Island. We know that $24 in trade goods for these 16 acres is more than was paid for Manhattan Island, but we know that land values have risen over the years. <laughs> Our offer of $1.24 per acre is greater than the $0.47 cents per acre that the white men are now paying the California Indians for their land. We will give to the inhabitants of this island a portion of that land for their own to be held in trust by the American Indian Affairs and by the Bureau of Caucasian Affairs to hold in perpetuity for as long as the sun shall rise and the rivers go down by the sea. We will further guide the inhabitants in the proper way of living. We will offer them our religion, our education, our life ways in order to help them achieve our level of civilization and thus raise them and all their white brothers up from their savage and unhappy state. Oh my gosh, yes. We offer this treaty and in good faith and and wish to be fair and honorable in our dealings with all white men. We feel that this so-called Alcatraz Island is more than suitable for an Indian reservation. This is where it gets even sassier. And I love it as determined by the white man's own standards. By this we mean that this place resembles most Indian reservations in that it is isolated from modern facilities and without adequate means of transportation. It has no fresh running water. It has inadequate sanitation facilities. There are no oil or mineral rights. There is no industry, and so unemployment is very great. There are no health care facilities. The soil is rocky and non-productive, and the land does not support game. There are no educational facilities. The population has always exceeded the land base. The population has always been held as prisoners and kept dependent upon others. <laughs> Further, it would be fitting and symbolic that ships from all over the world entering the Golden Gate would first see Indian land and thus be reminded of the true history of this nation. This tiny island would be a symbol of the great lands once ruled by free and noble Indians. The first landing party, so that was the that was the whole proclamation, yeah. which I I love it. Yeah, that was that was pretty powerful. It was. <laughs> the first landing party was soon joined by many others, and at the height of the occupation, there were over six hundred people living on Alcatraz. The protesters moved into the old warden's house and guards' quarters began to use graffiti on the old buildings with messages like, 
Red Power, and Custer had it coming. (laughs) On the water tower, there was a graffiti message that read, Peace and Freedom, Welcome, Home of the Free Indian Land. A governing council was formed, and then there was a medical clinic, kitchen, public relations department, nursery, and grade school for the children on the island. A security force named the Bureau of Caucasian Affairs, named after the Bureau of Indian Affairs, would patrol the shoreline for intruders. (laughs) I just love how, like, sassy everything is. Yeah, just how, like, in the face, like... Yeah. Like, oh, oh, we are uncivilized. Oh, are we? Yeah. 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 We're doing everything that you did to us. Yeah. Use the same language. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me... Makes makes my heart warm. <laughs> Activists from all over the country that's sub- also sad. Yeah. That we did that the white people did that, that in the first place. Yeah, that we yeah. were that shitty. Yeah. But that we were that bad? That bad. Yeah. That read. Yeah. That mean that messed up. That messed up. Very messed up. Activists from all over the country that supported the protesters' cause would ship supplies to the island, including canned goods, clothes, and cash. The band Creedence Clearwater Revival gave the protesters $15,000 to buy a boat so they could ship people and supplies between the mainland and the island. The boat was christened the Clearwater. CCR! (laughs) Grace Thorpe, (laughs) the daughter of Jim Thorpe, the big sports guy. Yeah. And Olympian. Um, So she was, um, you know, had her dad's credibility, but she became famous in her own right. She was an occupier. And she convinced celebrities like Marlon Brando and Jane Fonda to support the cause. Along with celebrity support and national attention, Grace Thorpe also supplied the island with a generator, water barge, and an ambulance service. Hmm. So, like, things are going awesome. They are... coming pretty legit. Yeah, they have a kitchen, they have a hospital, they're... They have a school, you know, a cultural center, they have their own government, their ruling government. Mm-hmm. They're doing it, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. A Sioux named John Trudell started a radio show called Radio Free Alcatraz and would broadcast updates of the occupation. The occupation seemed to be going better than anybody thought it could, but starting in the end of 1969, it all began to change. Many of the students that had joined the occupation had to leave the island to go back to school. The occupiers that replaced them were usually vagrants that came to live free rather than support the cause. Of the new occupiers, Richard Oakes wrote, Our biggest problems are freelance photographers and the hippies. They stay and eat up our stores, then leave. Then we have to clean up after them. Both drugs and alcohol were originally banned on the island, but they began to become more and more prevalent as the occupation went on. In January 1970, Richard Oakes' 13-year-old stepdaughter died after falling from a prison stairwell. Oakes and his wife left Alcatraz soon after, and a power struggle between opposing groups on the island ensued. On his radio show, Trudell talked of the problems on the island, saying, Water was still their big number one problem, and how rapidly their number two problem was becoming electricity. Hmm. Thinking that a diplomatic resolution between the U.S. government and the protesters was a small possibility, then-President Richard Nixon cut all remaining power to the island in May of 1970, hoping to force the Indians off the island. 
A few weeks later, a fire broke out and destroyed several buildings. No one knows what or who started the fire, and it was a major blow to morale. Many protesters left at this point, but there were a few that stayed on Alcatraz for another year despite the living conditions. An unfortunate eagle said, I don't want to say Alcatraz is done with, but no organized Indian groups are active there. It has turned from an Indian movement to a personality thing. In a final effort to get rid of the remaining protesters, the U.S. government declared that the Foghorn and Lighthouse needed to be repaired and sent armed federal marshals to remove the last 15 residents. Though it did not end well, the 19-month occupation succeeded in bringing awareness to plights of indigenous people. Occupations and protests were later staged by veterans of the Alcatraz occupation at dozens of sites across the country, including Plymouth Rock and Mount Rushmore. Though he had successfully removed the occupiers from Alcatraz, Nixon gave a speech saying, The time has come for a new era in which the Indian future is determined by Indian acts and Indian decisions. Alcatraz opened as a national park in 1973, and over one million visitors go to the island every year. The national, um, except for Jeremy and his dad. How many million circle it? <laughs> Book reservations. I don't know. Two. That's probably, yeah. You can just double that number. Just do it your dad. Oh, no, two people. Two I people. Two million. No, two people. <laughs> There was other people on that boat with us that didn't didn't get tickets to the island. The only reason that boat is in business is for all the people that didn't book. Yeah, all those the last, island. All the, all all the dads, all, all the dads that are there with their children. Yeah. Uh, the National Park Service has even had some of the graffiti restored. Every year on Thanksgiving, indigenous people return to Alcatraz and hold a sunrise ceremony dubbed on Thanksgiving Day that honors their ancestors and brings awareness to the current struggles of indigenous people. This year on Thanksgiving, the one, I mean, right now, Thanksgiving was a week ago yeah. when we're recording this, 4,500 people gathered for the ceremony that started with the group forming a large circle around a bonfire while they listened to different speakers that included representatives from the Stand with Standing Rock and Project Monarchia protests. And that is the story of the occupation of Alcatraz. <laughs> which I think is so cool. That's crazy. And I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, that is wild. Yeah. It happened in the 60s? Yeah, late 60s. Wow. So, How bizarre. How bizarre. <laughs> How bizarre. My sources for this episode are Alcatraz Origins by the Federal Bureau of Prisons, The Rock, Volume 1 by the Improvement Fund, Pacific Branch United States Disciplinary Barracks. Okay, wait. Are we not even going to talk about the movie? What movie? Movie about the... Well, I think there's The Great Escape, which I've... is a movie about when Alcatraz... That's a prison. The only two people they believe actually escaped alive. And then, um, what's the other movie where, is it The Rock? Or maybe Bruce I think Willis? It's, I think it's The Rock. Is it Bruce Willis? I don't know, I didn't watch it. When Bruce but... Willis gets a, there's like a nerve agent bomb that explodes. That sounds like a Bruce Willis movie. We're not going to talk about those? I mean, I haven't seen either of those movies. Okay, well, there might so... be an update to this. <laughs> like I said, rid of habeas corpus. 
and two movies that George needs to watch. Yes, apparently. <laughs> my thing that kind of also kind of blew my mind is that it was only open as a federal prison for 30 years. Because mm-hmm. you hear about Alcatraz being this, it's famous for being a prison. Yeah. I thought it was for sure open for longer than 30 years. Yeah. Well, most government buildings uh, <laughs> don't last that long. Lowest bidder. Yeah. <laughs> 30 years is about max lifespan. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, other sources are Alcatraz, World War II in the San Francisco Bay Area, a National Register of Historic Places travel itinerary by National Park Services, Boarding School Seasons by Brenda J. Child. Full History and Alcatraz Escape Attempts by the Alcatraz History website. Alcatraz by the History.com website. Alcatraz, Alcatraz, the Indian Occupation of 1969 to 1971 by Adam Fortunate Eagle. And the Occupation of Alcatraz by Troy Johnson. And apparently there's movies about Alcatraz. (laughs) None about this, though. No. I I do think that would be... I think it would probably make a pretty good movie, actually. I think so, too. Oh. Everybody likes Richard Nixon as a villain. So, Hollywood, if you're listening... <laughs> We've got an idea for you. You heard it here first on America the Bazaar. So, as far as other podcast news, we have apparel on the website. Oh. If you want sweatshirts, t-shirts, mugs... Joggers. Joggers. Which are sweatpants. Yes. So we have a few things on the website now. Go check those out. Oh, stickers. We have some pretty cool logo stickers. If you get some of our stickers and you stick them somewhere, take a picture, put it on Instagram and tag us. Uh, But definitely go check out apparel. If you have any ideas of what you would like to see in our store, definitely send us an email. Maybe an America the Bizarre Foam Finger. (laughs) Maybe. She hasn't bought it, but I think no. if we get enough Jeremy's trying to push it. I think if we get enough supporters, that it could be a thing. Yeah. Until next time, stay, stay weird, weird America. America.